Today I want to speak with you from the subject, Remember the Lord's Day. Remember the Lord's Day. We have been looking at the ten words of God given to Israel after their exodus out of Egypt and from under the tyranny of Pharaoh. Ten words, commonly known as the Ten Commandments. The Hebrew says ten words, literally. But these commandments reveal the Lord who saved them. They reveal your Lord to you. They reveal ways that Israel's behavior can shout, Thank you, Lord, for saving us, as they reflect the Lord to each other and to the nations surrounding them. These ten words are given to reveal ways they are going to require a deeper deliverance from their sinful hearts. The same thing you require. These ten words find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ, who not only perfectly fulfilled them, but also bore our sin and our guilt for failing to keep them. God has in Christ provided you with the gift of righteousness and the power to live righteously through His Spirit working in your new heart. Today I want to talk to you about this fourth commandment, the commandment to remember the Sabbath, to remember the Lord's day. This command has to do with managing your time in a godly way. Your daily work can often be all-consuming. Maybe your boss or teachers may simply be over-demanding. Your bills can often be overwhelming. Your dreams that require more money, which requires more work, which may require more education, those dreams often seem out of reach. And your rest and your sleep can very often be fleeting and insufficient to refresh you. Well, Jesus says the Sabbath was made for you. Moreover, in Exodus 16, verse 29, it says, See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. And this is said in a context where Israel is being rebuked for not trusting in the Lord and depending on her Lord to provide the food they needed to live. God has gifted you with a day to rest in such a way that you are refreshed and others are refreshed through you and God is restored in your life as the centerpiece around which all else revolves and has meaning and purpose. And this, of course, is contrasted with today's TGIF mentality, an aim of working for the weekend and seeing the weekend as prime time for you, time when you get to do what you want. You've waited all week for fill-in-the-blank. 
The Lord, however, gave the Sabbath or the Lord's Day for a more noble purpose. In the beginning, you probably recall when God completed creating the heavens and the earth on the sixth day, he rested on the seventh day. It is this Sabbath spoken of in Genesis 2, 1 through 3, that Israel is now commanded in Exodus 20, 8 through 11, to remember to keep holy. The Lord gave each of these commands that we might live under his rightful rule and be used to advance his kingdom throughout the world. The Lord loves you, and the Lord wants what's best for you, and wants his kingdom and fame to increase on earth as in heaven through your life of loving him. He's the one who in Christ has loved you first. In the end, what's best for you and everyone else is that the earth might be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory like the waters cover the sea. Our text this morning is Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. And there it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. When the Lord gives this command, he links it to the first week of creation and the seventh day of rest, the goal of creation. We find there that every day of the week began with God's word. And the week ended with a benediction of all that was made being very good. This is immediately relevant to you. Each day we live should begin with God's Word, the Bible. It should begin with Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. If we and everything that we do is ever to have any value or purpose in bringing glory to God, our days have to begin with God's Word. They must begin with Jesus and how the Scriptures testify to Him. Remember, part of the fourth commandment is to work six days. There are at least five things we can learn from Genesis 2, 1 through 3, in light of Exodus 20, 8 through 11. 
If you turn over to Genesis chapter 2, we'll just read the first three verses of that chapter. There it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. First, the Sabbath occurred after the benediction in verse 31 of chapter 1. The chapter breaks in the Bible are not inspired by God. But the creation account actually ends in chapter 2, verse 3. And the Sabbath occurred after the benediction that everything the Lord God had made was very good. God declared this benediction because at this time everything he had made was gladly glorifying him. In your life, are you daily aiming for the Lord to pronounce a benediction on the labor of your hands? Is your work, in reality, a partnership with God for His glory? The second thing we see in Genesis 2 is the repetition of the word finished. God completes His work. He will complete the good work He has begun in your life as well. Your concern, therefore, must be to finish your course the work God has given you to do while on earth. This word finished is directly related to Paul's word used in 2 Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. God finished his work. Jesus' food was to finish the work of the one who sent him. You and I are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are called to finish those good works. The way God has gifted you, the way God has called you to function within the body of Christ and within this world. Third, three times in Genesis 2 we find repeated his work that he had done. His work that he had done. God's handiwork in the former six days is highlighted in the seventh day. The Sabbath was a day, and the Lord's day is a day, filled with a reflecting on and remembering God's work. Not preoccupied with what you did uh Last week, how you may have fumbled or fouled up last week. It's not a day to be preoccupied with what you need to do next week. The Sabbath is for you, but not primarily about you. God is the centerpiece, and He and His work are to be our preoccupation. After all, we cease to do our normal labors on this day. The fourth thing we notice in Genesis 2 in relation to Exodus 20 is God blessed the Sabbath. Blessed 
is a word that in Hebrew can be summed up by fruitfulness and vitality or life-giving. As Bruce Walkie says, endued with power for success, prosperity, fecundity, longevity. Well, that's a mouthful. But the Lord's Day is meant to be a day that's filled with His power to be successful, as God defines success, to be fruitful and filled with life and vitality, filled with the knowledge of God and filled with the Spirit of God. Fifth, in Genesis 2 and in Exodus 20, we are told that this day was made holy by the Lord. To be holy means to belong to God and to be set apart for his exclusive use. As Jesus said, he was Lord of the Sabbath. He determines how this day is to be spent and what thoughts, words, and actions are acceptable and well-pleasing for you. The Sabbath is made for man, and in Christ you have been made like the Sabbath. Even before there was a Sabbath, long ago, before creation, like the Sabbath, you were blessed, as it says in Ephesians 1, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And you were blessed in order that you might be holy and without blame before God in love. You were blessed in order to bless the Lord and be a blessing to others. You are called to be fruitful and full of God's life, the knowledge of Him through Jesus Christ. You were made holy in Christ that you might reflect God's holy character in every part of your life. You are part of a holy nation set apart to influence all nations with the character of God, His compassion, and His commitment to covenant with all who will trust in Him through Jesus Christ, through your witness. Unlike God, the Sabbath was made for you and I and was gifted to us because we need physical rest and refreshment. God, being the source of eternal life and eternal rest, has no need of these things as we do. God rested not because he was physically tired or exhausted, but because he was satisfied with what he had finished. He simply ceased because the work of creation was done. We, however, need rest and sleep. We grow weary and need to be recharged or we will burn out. Isaiah said, have you not known, have you not heard, this is in the 40th chapter, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We see in this passage that the answer to our weariness and exhaustion is waiting on the Lord. And waiting on the Lord is not only waiting for Him to act, but you actively listening to Him, prayerfully pursuing Him, fellowshipping with Him, and faithfully responding to Him. In Jesus Christ, the Lord's Day is a day that focuses you on imitation of your Lord, celebration of your Lord, consecration to your Lord, and anticipation of resting with your Lord. Let's look at these things. You are called to imitate your Lord. In Exodus 20, you are commanded to work six days and not work on the seventh. This is exactly what the Lord did when he created the heavens and the earth. So you and I are reminded implicitly that we are in the image of God and called to be like him in every day that we live, every day of the week. Not only this, but if you are the head of a household, you are also called to give rest, to give Sabbath to everyone under your charge. Even animals were included. All creation needs rest and refreshment. The focus of this day is not only to imitate your Lord, but also to celebrate your Lord, which is the second thing. The activity of celebration is seen more clearly in the giving of the law found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15 which, for the most part, repeats what we have in Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11, but then adds this, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. The emphasis for keeping the Sabbath, or Lord's Day, here is not simply to remember and reflect what the Lord did when He created, but to reflect on and remember your Redeemer and your redemption, how God rescued you out of bondage to sin. In this way, the fourth commandment to keep the Sabbath is central along with the first three because it highlights the preface, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The preface is the gospel. It's about God and what he did to deliver. The preface is the foundation and the motivation for obeying all of the commands. We love because he first loved us. It is how your love for God is framed by his love for you. Remembering the Sabbath is gifted to you so you might be reminded of your past enslavement to sin and how in Christ the Lord has set you free to belong to him and live for him and rejoice in him. This brings us to the third thing. The Lord's Day is about being 
consecrated to your Lord. Not just imitating him, not just celebrating him, but being consecrated to him. The Lord saved us to serve his purposes. Celebrating what the Lord did for us seamlessly leads to how we are to respond to his love. In Exodus chapter 31, verse 13, it says, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. You see how God emphasizes that? Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, because in so doing, they are reminding themselves of the gospel, of the preface, of the Lord himself, the very motivation for keeping all of the commandments. Above all, you shall keep my commandments, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you, consecrate you. Just like he consecrated the Sabbath day, he consecrates his people. Here the Lord was teaching Israel, and by extension in light of the Lord's Day celebration, teaching you that you belong to God. You are set apart by him for his holy purposes. When Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, this is the same word as that used in the fourth commandment in Deuteronomy 5 for giving rest on the Sabbath. Jesus has given you rest, soul rest. Then Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Receiving rest from Jesus is meant to bring you to give rest to others. And we see this later in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament in the life of Christ and in the life of his people in the church. For example, in Isaiah 56 and 58, the Sabbath was a day to train God's people and teach them to pursue justice and righteousness and turn from evil, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to let the oppressed go free, to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked, to clothe him, to pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted. The Lord's Day is likewise to be a day preoccupied with pleasing the Lord and learning what it means to be faithful to his covenant and faithful to reflect his compassion to others. It is a day to focus on prayer and praying with the Lord's people. It is also a day to focus on sharing the gospel with those outside of the community of faith. You find that in Isaiah 56. The Lord says, If we delight in the Sabbath and honor it, and this is in Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14, the Lord says, if we delight in the Sabbath and honor it, it will naturally lead us to take delight in him. Isaiah condemned abusing the Sabbath in his day because people were going their own ways, seeking their own pleasure, and talking 
idly. God was not on their lips. What he had accomplished and done was was wonderful. But in Isaiah's day, people just weren't talking about him, particularly on the Sabbath, a day that's set apart to train you so that that training actually colors the rest of the week. Even our conversations with others are to be preoccupied with the Lord and what is pleasing and honoring to him, his character, his traits, his qualities, his works, his labors. God's work of creation has ceased, but God's work of providence goes on. Finally, the Sabbath is a day in which you and I anticipate resting eternally with our Lord. Jesus speaks of finding rest for your souls. We've already got rest for our souls, but but we are not yet resting in glory with the Lord. This is related without question to the future rest we have with God in glory. The author of Hebrews says, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Although you have received rest from Jesus, we are yet urged, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Unfortunately, so many of God's people in the Old Testament who were receiving these Ten Commands back in Exodus uh, never entered the Promised Land. They got to the front door of the land and despised the Lord and refused to believe he was able to keep his promise and work through them to extend his kingdom. Don't fall into this same trap. In the first century, we meet the same mindset of unbelief and disobedience. The same mindset is being addressed by the author of Hebrews. Judaism's day was almost over in the A.D. 60s when this book was more than likely written. Many Jews who professed faith in Jesus were being persecuted and afflicted by the Jews who rejected Jesus. The followers of Christ were therefore being tempted to turn back to Judaism for fear that the new covenant would not be fully established as promised. Thus they were being urged not to turn away from the Lord, not to harden their hearts like the Old Testament generation who died in the wilderness. They were being called to remain committed to Christ and the new covenant and anticipate heaven. But that was not all. In chapter 4, they are called to boldly and confidently come to the throne of grace, Jesus' throne, and receive grace and mercy to help them in their time of need when they're weak and tempted to turn away. You see this in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Then in chapters 5 through 9, they are taught that the priestly ministry of Jesus is far superior to that in the Old Covenant. Jesus, unlike the Old Testament priests, has finished the work, set down at God's side, entered into heaven, ever lives to intercede for you, 
And his sacrifice is able to actually remove your sins. The Old Testament sacrifices were simply a reminder of sins, as it says in Hebrews 10. Through Jesus, we too, like him, and because of him, are able to enter heaven and have access with God. So not only is there a need to persevere to the end, there is a call on your life, on every believer's life, right now, to be royal priests who sit in the heavenly places with Christ and are used right now to proclaim to the nations the excellencies of the God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has not abandoned his purpose to have a people, to have you in his service to declare his glory to the nations as royal priests in order that the nations might be glad and give glory to the Lord. The Old Testament Sabbath has become the New Testament Lord's Day. In the Old Testament, the Lord's work was finished on the Sabbath, his work of creation. When Jesus walked the earth, he made plain in John 5, verse 17, My Father is working until now, and I am working. The Father and the Son and the Spirit have been working and had been working since the fall of mankind into sin to restore his kingdom in the hearts of people, to restore his kingdom in your heart. Jesus finished the work necessary for God to reign in you when he rose from the dead on the first day of the week, the day when the light of the world was called out of the darkness of death, a death that could no longer overcome him. Matthew 28, verse 1, literally says, and on the eve of the Sabbaths, at the dawn toward the first of the Sabbaths, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Matthew 28 recounts the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in that context, it literally says that it was the eve of the Sabbaths, plural, and then there was the dawn toward the first of the Sabbaths, plural. Notice in the Genesis creation account that every day of creation is followed by, and there was evening, and there was morning, and then it names the particular day. But with the Sabbath, in Genesis 2, there is no mention of evening or morning, the seventh day. Here, however, in Matthew's account, it seems to refer back to the Old Testament Sabbath and now mentions the eve of all the Sabbaths of the Old Covenant. They and the covenant they stood for was coming to an end, only to be followed by the dawn of the first Sabbath of the, first, of the New Covenant that continues on today, 
as the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, the day when Jesus rose from the dead, the day when Jesus appeared to his disciples, the day, 50 days later, that the Holy Spirit came to create the church, the day of Pentecost. That day is the day associated with the Old Testament giving of the law. The day the Spirit came at Pentecost, he came to write the law on your heart and empower you by living in you and through you to respond to God's love and his lordship. The Lord's Day was a day the disciples met with each other. It is the day that John received the revelation from Jesus Christ that God gave him. It is a day now given to you to rest physically, rest in the Lord spiritually, to reflect on your past life of sin and remember the Redeemer who has rescued you from that life. It is a day to therefore rejoice in the Lord your Savior, a day to give yourself to repentance and renewal by God's Spirit and in God's Word. It's a day to, ref to, to replicate the character of Christ in your life, and it is a day to represent to all nations the God who saves in Christ Jesus, so that the earth might truly be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory, like the waters cover the sea. You are headed for an eternal Sabbath of being in the Lord's presence in glory forever. Until then... God gives you one day in seven in order that you might exercise and get ready for the big Sabbath, the eternal Sabbath, in order that your life might be filled with him and fueled by him. So when Monday through Saturday come, your Lord's Day celebration, your Lord's imitation in your life, your consecration to the Lord, your anticipation of the Lord, that whole celebration flows into and colors the rest of the week. If you take a sponge and soak it full of water till it's really full, it is virtually impossible to carry it anywhere without spilling water everywhere you go. If you count the Lord's day a delight and spend time with him, listening to him, praying to him, fellowshipping with him, responding to him with his people, doing his work, you become filled with him, just like that sponge. It then becomes impossible for you to go anywhere with anyone without the glory of the Lord spilling out of your life, influencing every person, every conversation, every relationship you encounter, and everything you set your mind and heart to do. Remember the Sabbath, blessed by the Lord, to keep it holy. Remember Jesus, blessed by the Lord, and holy to him risen from the dead, seated in the heavens, living in your heart, that you might rest in him, learn of him, 
And remember that you've been blessed by the Lord to be a blessing, giving rest, giving Sabbath to others in his name. And that you might be holy unto him as you wait the great day when you will rest in his presence forever. May God bless you.